Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who fought Captain America in the 80s and is just looking for a rematch. It's Red Guardian. How are you today, sir? Uh, I prefer Crimson Dynamo. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's not true, though. What happened to your accent? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've been drinking uh, not enough uh, Russian vodka and too much uh, American IPA. Uh, So that's uh, I was going to say. Yeah, that is good. That was it. Yep. That's, That's good. You didn't say in, you didn't say India IPA, although it could have gotten well, could have gotten a little dicey. Well, the I so. the I in IPA is India, so that's, that's yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Anyway, Frank, how are you today? I'm doing what fantastic. Are you, and, good. I'm happy to hear that. What are you drinking? I am I am drinking. Actually, I'm not drinking an IPA. I'm just drinking a a pale ale IPA, uh, a mm. Great Rhythm Resonation Pale Ale, a dr- uh, double dry hopped pale ale from Great Rhythm Brewing here in the great state of New Hampshire. Um, it is a, f- a pretty flavorful, but uh, but pretty light and drinkable pale ale that uh, that I am really, really enjoying. And this is just a few minutes away from me in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Um, and uh, it's a nice, lovely little brewery on a river. It's a nice little outdoor nice. outdoor setting. And, and yeah, brought some, brought some home, beer home with me. That's great. Uh-huh. Great. What mm-hmm. a good outing. Yeah, I'm enjoying it in, in my Superman. This looks like a Superman. Uh, looks like a job for Superman koozie. Um, <laughs> because Love why it. not? But how are you and what are you drinking? Uh, I'm doing well. I am drinking not a beer. Uh, I am drinking something new for me. This was given to me. I'm very excited to have it for the first time on the podcast. It's called Cantina Especial Ooh. Ranch Water, which is a tequila soda. Oh my gosh, my wife has been drinking those. The ranch oh, water. really? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is a um, white tequila or Blanco tequila with natural lime flavors and sea salt with carbonation added. Uh, 99 calories, 16 carbs, zero grams of sugar. Born in Austin, Texas, Cantina is the perfect union of spirit and artistry with a history dating back to the 1840s our tequila is made from premium blue weber agave in the heart of tequila jalisco born in austin and hecho and mexico this artisanal spirit is crafted with precision and passion saludos yeah, so I'm very excited to have this for the first time so my sister gave this to me nice is it uh now marissa's been drinking some different flavored ones is yours flavored or is it more of a straight up Tequila oh, soda. man, that's good. Wow, that's good. I need to get more of this immediately. Nice. And I only had one drink. Uh, this is ranch water. It says lime flavored, so I okay. don't know if this one's 
specially flavored or sure. if it's just regular wow that's good it's only a 5.6 alcohol content too nice. so like you go like tequila and you're like ooh then be fighting alcohol or whatever uh, right. but you know that's uh no this is this is no different than drinking a beer um nice um wow yeah. that is delicious it's good right it's they're they're quite good marissa has been drinking um another brand the brand is actually just called uh oh lone river ranch water is the one that she was drinking um okay and so i know that that one comes in different flavors but this this one the one you have sounds quite legit because it's made in mexico and all that that's um that sounds it's awesome from, it's from texas but it's but it's in hecho in mexico which means made in mexico true um hecho in mexico um but, oh, but yes, man. A Texan born in company. austin made in mexico oh yeah, yeah, nice. yeah okay yeah cool yeah I got Very. these from I got these from a little place called Texas. <laughs> yeah. Very Speaking very of a nice. quote from the MCU, mm. Frank, we're here to talk about the latest addition to the MCU filmography and that is of course Black Widow, the long delayed finally arrived Black Widow. It's here. We saw it. We did not see it together. No. Maybe we liked it. Maybe we haven't. I have no idea what you thought about this movie. I have not talked to you we have not, in the slightest. We have not talked about it at all. All right. Well, this is very exciting. So before you even deliver to me if you liked it or didn't like it, um, uh, did you see it in the theater or did you see it at home? I saw it on Disney+. Plus. Samesies, because I'm still not comfortable going back to the theater, mm. especially since cases are a little bit on the rise again. They are, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I mean, I have gone, I've gone to the theater once to see In the Heights, uh, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, but I, uh, I just didn't have time to go. Um, so that's why I, I just was like, you know what? I'll plunk down, I'll plunk down a few bucks and and watch this at home, um, for the podcast. So for the podcast, for the pod. For capitalism, no, for the Aww. podcast. <laughs> um, oh, here, Disney, you're really hurting these days. You really need my money. You need my money so bad. You know, but you know what? I split it with, you know, I split it with somebody. So nice. I basically paid for one ticket. There you go. You know? That's exactly and right. Yeah. yeah. So it was in my home. I got a nice TV. It's got nice sound. I was comfy. The only thing, though, I had to stop it like four times because like uh. somebody came over to talk to me. The phone rang, somebody came over, and all of a sudden, I'm like, it took me three and a half hours to watch a two-hour movie. Right, right, And right. I'm like, yeah, my God, I missed the movie theater. Like, right, no yeah. one talks to me. You just sit there in your glory for two hours and, like, shut up and leave me alone. Right. And I, I missed that. Can't even have your phone on, you know, like, just no right. one can distract you even if they want to. Correct. It's great. Yeah. It yeah. is great. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Totally it, there is something about that. Cause like, yeah, I had to pause a few times as well. Um, but I knew that's what I was signing up for. So that's, so that's fine. Um, okay. How are we going to, how are we going to, who, who's going to reveal? Well, uh, uh, first of all, spoilers for, for Black Widow. We're going to be talking Yeah. We'll spoilers. just go spoilers full yeah. in right from the beginning. If you haven't seen it, we'll go, um, Okay, we're gonna go out of out of five beers. How many beers do you give it? We never do this. Uh, we this don't. No, new, I give it four new... out of five beers. I really liked it. I really yeah, four really out of five beers it. for me too. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was it was it was fun. It was funny. It was action packed. It dealt with some very serious things in a very heart. Uh, well, heartwarming, not really heartwarming, but but pulled at the heartstrings, right? And earnestly, made you, earnestly is it, thank you. That's a much better way. Of what I'm trying to say, it did all those things very well. It and and um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I I had 
well, we'll talk about, I'll, I'll get into what I thought, but um, what, so you, you also give it four out of five beers. Four out of five beers. This was great. This was one of the better MCU entries that I have seen in quite some time. I had almost no expectations going in because truthfully, the trailers didn't sell me mm. like at all. I was like, this looks really generic. Like, like, like even for Marvel, which is not like always generic, but it's certainly like it, it has a certain structure and you know what to expect and blah, blah, blah. And then the movie started and less than a minute into the movie, I was like, this is not what I expected at all. This is great. I'm in. And then, and it just kind of kept elevating the material for me. And it, ta- Marvel so very rarely tackles something important and yeah. real because that's not really its purpose. That's uh, not what the MCU is for. It's meant to entertain you first and foremost. And it might hint at some things like Winter Soldier hints yep. at government oversight, you know, and, you know, and, and the dangers of that Falcon and Winter Soldier goes into, goes into raced um, like racial America. Yes. And, you yes. know, like, so sometimes it go it does stuff and other times it's like, hey, look, it's what the heroes do. We're, we're on a trash planet. It's the devil's anus, blah, blah, blah. You know? <laughs> yes. So it, it goes in, it goes in wild directions. Mm. I thought as a spy thriller, Real fun goes right goes right in for Bond. There's some real fun Roger Moore level Bond stuff oh, in here. Yeah. I thought because you know at one point Natasha's watching Roger Moore Bond and she's like quoting along with it. And I was I think it was Moonraker actually. And then like they go to the like they go to like the the um, not the space station but you know they go to the yeah. cloud station. Yes. And, yes. Yeah, and I'm like, this is good. This like you, you've really like out. You've out. You really thought about the type of story you want to tell. Very much like, very much like Winter Soldier or something like that. That you know, it's like here's uh-huh. your political thriller with Captain America. This is here's your spy thriller with Black Widow, and that's that's what I wanted. And the trailer sold and like a big action movie, and I didn't really feel that way about this. There are action pieces certainly, but. That's not that wasn't the point. And I agree. I, I I didn't really watch the trailers. I think I caught some of the TV spots on TV, mm-hmm. but I did not actually go out of my way. And I mean, I, I, I didn't I did not hit play on a trailer, you know, like like I normally would for an MC movie because I was just sort of like I was only so, so excited for this movie. It felt like sort of. Uh, I was kind of annoyed that they didn't just put it out on Disney Plus like last year, you know, during mm-hmm. the pandemic, all, all that stuff. And I, I was just sort of like, yeah, hey, I'll see it, but, but um, I'm, I wasn't particularly excited about it. I also feel like it was way overdue, um, for there to be a, a Black Widow movie. So much so that like five years ago, when Scarlett Johansson hosted SNL, they did a a, a sketch about like, oh, what if there was a Black Widow movie, um. So like, it just, it's very, it's very overdue. And, um, so I went in with basically no expectations. I had just seen the TV spots, which only seemed to show like explosions and stuff. So I was like, okay, action. Like, I know it's going to be an action movie. It's a Marvel movie. Of course it's action. Of course it's explosions. Um, and I just sort of went in with the, not much in terms of expectations, not really knowing what to expect. Um, cause nothing had really been teased to me. I didn't know who Florence, Florence Pugh or David Harbour were going to be playing. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, I thought you said you didn't know Florence no, no, Pugh no. at all. And I didn't I was know like, who, oh. who they, I didn't know who they'd be playing. Gotcha. Um, so I was just like, I know she's in it. I know he's in it as uh, what, what their relation is to Natasha. I don't know. And I really, really enjoyed it. That f- the family story that they told was at, at the same time, like touching and depressing 
and funny. Like there was a, a surprising amount of comedic moments, like family sitcom type moments in the way that they interacted with each other to a surprising degree for a movie that was dealing with some very serious topics. And it's it was, true. And it I was mean, done that, it, well. That's I feel that's certainly part of the Marvel formula, right? It never it's never going to get you too down. That's right. Um, you know, that's that's part of their that's part, you know, because you if it's it's almost in a weird way. Marvel is almost weirdly like watching a sitcom. Like, I don't watch it to bum myself out. Right. You know, like there are certainly elements of bumming of yeah. depression, yeah. you know, but that's not the whole point is hope and optimism and cheer and blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, throw me the good stuff. But you're right about the family elements. That's a de- uh, family uh, family style um, humor mm. is a is a different is a different humor than we have seen yeah. mostly in the MCU before. Yeah, there's been like there's quips and there's this, but situation, but the situational comedy, this is new. Yes. Um, yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, Florence Pugh's character was very funny. Like she was very quippy and I found her extremely like funny and charming um, and, and obviously tragic. Um, in, in everything that, that happened to her and, and everything that she was she was made to go through. But she was such a funny, like, oh, this would be a fun way to die. Um, this would not be, a, this is a less funny way to die. Um, yeah. There were just so many great quips and and it was very, yeah, like the dark, the gallows humor that she uh, that she embodied was was very compelling for me. And I, I found that, that really, really fun. Me too, because I found it true to Russian humor. Uh-huh. Like it's very, very like the gavel's humor. Like you know, like the joke is you know in, you know in England you die for love, or in this you die for this, and this you die for this, and in Russia you just die. <laughs> like you know, like in America you die for freedom, and in here you France you die for love, and here you die for the. Russia, you just die. Yeah, like that's and that and that's the humor that she embodied, right. and that David Harbour embodied. It wasn't like they were American or Western, like being like being um, Russian. They were Russian, yeah. and I and I I really appreciated that because it's subtle, you know. And even like the 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 the, the joke um, the joke motif about like um, Black Widow's posing. You know, yes. like what you 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 drop down like you like everyone's looking at you. You know, like so blah, like, funny. which is great. And then she does. She's like, well, that was disgusting. <laughs> like, and then but, when she actually does it, yeah, she's like, oh, what a poser. Yeah, exactly. But what I what I loved is that like that's a very American thing to like drop down and pose, superhero pose, blah blah. You know what I mean? Totally. And like to the Russian, she's like, I don't have time for that kind of nonsense. What are you like? We got stuff to do, and I just. I felt that their sibling dynamic was very strong, mm-hmm. especially since they weren't real siblings. And I think that's what is the strength of like the undercurrent of the film. It's like they, you know, because Natasha doesn't feel like she's ever had a family. She's the Avengers is her family. She loses that. She's on the run. And so now she has this other family, like the first family that she lost, you know, back again. And now here she is, like learning. Oh, you know, like a like a like a Fast and Furious movie. Like, there's nothing more important than family. You just half expect Vin Diesel to walk out of a closet and be like, <laughs> "Family," and just walk back the other way. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've lo- yeah, and Florence Pugh. I've loved. I fighting with my family. 
in 2019 was one of the, like the sleeper hits yeah. of the year for me. Like I did, I was like, yeah, sure, I'll see sleeping, I'll, I'll see fighting with my family. Like, why not? And I was like, this movie's great. Mm-hmm. Florence Pugh is a like, like masterful. And yeah, between that and Midsummer and Little Women and her like tiny little role in Father of the Bride Part Three that they did on Zoom. Oh right, like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, it's great. She yeah, she's having she's having a a great couple of years, um, and I'm I'm yeah I'm, I'm loving loving what I'm seeing from her and yeah th- I think this was maybe the most like endearing let's say um, role that I've seen her in um, where I just felt the most sort of I really really liked what she what she did with this role I found her very endearing and and then what they did with her character at the very very end in the post credits. Scene. Yes, I loved the post-credit scene. Now, what I found very interesting about the post-credit scene, this movie was supposed to come out before Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yes. So this would have been the first time. And, and okay, I think when we watched when we talked Falcon and Winter Soldier, I I think I said like, "Do you feel like do you feel like we were supposed to have seen her before?" Cuz I feel like we were supposed to have seen her before. Yeah, I remember you saying that and I was like, "I don't think so." Cuz I, I, I mean, I kind of think this is so like clearly this movie was was slated to come out like you know, if we're in a world without COVID, this would have come out before Falcon and the Winter Soldier. This was announced cool. to come out before. Correct. Yeah. So and so I, and we see Julia Louise Dreyfus and we're like, "Whoa! That's a new person. That's fun." And but here we are. And mm-hmm. like what an interesting way to I mean, it still works because it still like, totally works. Because, but now I even, I think I actually have a better sense of what she's about because of this. I'm like, you're putting together a team. You're anti Nick Fury is what you are because that's really what she is yes. in the comic books, yes. right? And so, so she's anti Nick Fury. She's putting together the Thunderbolts, which I think is really, that's really fun. It's like the Suicide Squad for Marvel, right? right? The, th- the Thunderbolts. And so, you know, you got, you got your US agent, you've got your new Black Widow. Your white widow, your red widow, your Russian widow, sure. your yeah. you know whatever you, whatever you want to call. Maybe you get your taskmaster back. You know, like there's uh-huh. like tons and tons of stuff going on. I know, I know, um, I know. And and so do do you think? So they showed Hawkeye, right? They showed Clint's photo at the end, and that's who she's she's sending her out against. There is a Hawkeye series coming, right? Has yes, any the, casting been announced yet? And like, is Florence Pugh known to be part of that show? Not known to be part of it, but I think like she, I think everyone's like, well, she is now. Um, but like the only, there's a couple of casting things out there that they have said, but they're all the heroes of the story. Uh-huh. And so like, you know, Clint's in it. Uh, Haley Ste- uh, Steinfeld um, said her name. Uh, oh my gosh. Haley Steinfeld. Are you, Haley... Talk- are you talking about? Uh, Haley Steinfeld is is an actor. Yeah, actor, yeah. yeah. Haley yeah. Steinfeld. Okay. Yeah, she plays Kate Bishop. She's like the the yeah. the Robin to Hawkeye. Yeah. Um. Yeah. According to IMDb, Florence Pugh is in it. Yeah. That that totally tracks. Then. Um. Yeah. I'm excited for that. I'm excited. So this is the first time we're really seeing them integrate the shows and the movies in our hardcore in a, like hardcore that. way. Like it's yeah. literally it, like it basically said like. You know, she will return in Hawkeye. Like it's, it was just one, one thing short of that of like the James Bond will return in Moonraker type thing. I mean, and that's true. We would have. I mean, like technically, the shows have always in, like it's because yeah. we're watching them in reverse now, right. so it feels like the show is now influencing the movie instead of vice versa. Yes. But yeah, although I heard. I mean, uh, this comes. This episode will drop the same day that the Loki ends. Yep. But 
Um, I heard that the end of Loki has serious implications for Spider-Man, which is why uh, there's why Spider-Man comes out in six months and we haven't seen any any kind of advertising for it at all Got because it. It, they're waiting until Loki's over. So that makes we'll see. that makes sense. And they have done that sort of thing before, right? We're like um, back when Agents of Shield was on ABC, weren't there uh, some plot lines that came out of Winter Soldier or something? Was it yeah, Winter well, Soldier yeah, or the, Civil the, War? The, it was um, Winter Soldier because okay. basically it was like Shield episode, Shield episode, Shield episode. Oh look, we cleaning up after Thor in the Dark World. <laughs> blah blah right. blah, and then boom, Winter Soldier hit, and everyone was like, Shield is like, well, who's a Hydra agent? Who isn't? That's, that's really right. when the show. That's, what it was. that's when the show really took off. And and so um, they've done they've done some of that kind of integration before, but not this sort of two way street type of thing. Mm-hmm. Like you've had the the TV reacting to the movies, but you haven't had the movies. Uh, having an interplay a, a real back and forth with with the tv where it's like you re, you know you don't have to watch both i guess it's, you still could watch one or the other but yeah. you're gonna get a lot more out of it and understand everything that's happening if you're watching both. truth well that's part of the genius of the marvel formula in that it never it's never so complicated that you can't just watch one and not figure out what's going on yep. uh even though like you'll obviously get the whole tapestry you'll get the entire story if you watch everything but you pick up what everybody's about pretty easy, pretty simply, um, sure. and that's the beauty of that's the beauty of comic books too. Um, let's talk about villains. There are two. There are two main villains in the in the film, and one traitor ish character, right? So we have Rachel Weiss, um, you know, uh, Rachel Weiss's character, uh, who, um, you know, she was the mom, and she uh, Melina, and she kind of yes. betrays. You know, she kind of betrays them, but she's like, "Nah, just kidding. I'm I'm on your side, baby." Um, um, uh, funnily enough, um, Rachel Weiss is married to Daniel Craig, um, uh, uh, of James, of James Bond and many other things fame, but they were, these movies were actually competing for box office at one point, like, like oh, pre COVID sure. and then, and then going to be like during COVID, they almost came out around the same time and all that stuff. And I thought somebody, one of them did an interview and they were like, actually got, might've gotten a little heated in the house ah! at one point. <laughs> um, so um, but anyway, yeah, so we have Rachel Weiss, who I thought did, I thought she did a fine job. I, I, not that she necessarily phoned it in, you know, because she's great. She's good in everything that she does. Oh, but I think this, great, like, yeah. this was like, you know, I know yeah. what I got to do. I don't think she did anything super special in the film necessarily. Um, but um, but she was good. She was fine. You can see where, um, like, uh Natasha might have even like modeled a bit of herself on Melina yeah. and who she is. And at what points, cause there's a point when like the, in the getaway scene with Yelena and Natasha, when they're being chased by taskmaster and Natasha's like, put on your seatbelt. She's like, God, you're such a bum. I like, know. You know? Oh, that's one of those. And I, one, I yeah. loved that. And I think like, Melina was the mom, right? And so there was like there is some kind of modeled behavior from her that way, which I thought was which I thought was really cool and really subtle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so we have two villains. We have we have Drakoff played by Ray Winstone, and we have and we have Taskmaster um, played by uh, Olga Kirilenko. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing: well, let's talk about Drakoff first. I thought he was one of the best MCU villains, bar none. He was. Because of the real world application uh, in a comic book form. Like this is, this is a, this is the, this is a Me Too movement film using the subjugation of women 
as super spies, it's like technically in the water, like it's about sex trafficking, it's about sexual harassment, it's about this, it's about assault, and all these things all combined into the Red Room run by this sleazy dude, Ray Winstone, love him, played it like Harvey Weinstein. He looked like Harvey yep. Weinstein. They they went right for Harvey Weinstein. Like, this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to do it. That whole thing with, like, he got so close to everybody. Like, he invaded everybody's personal space. Yes. And then, like, and I thought that was a great acting choice. And then there's this thing about, like, the pheromones that, like, in the control. I'm like, that's even grosser. That's so mm-hmm. weird and gross. And I so, like... He like purposely puts himself close up to people so he can then manipulate them even further. Like it's just, it was, it was a really good layered idea. And I thought Ray Winstone came in and he did exactly what needed to happen. Yes. And a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking to somebody and they say like, Oh, they reminded me of, he reminded me of Alexander Pierce, you know, the winter soldier. Yeah, Cause you know, it's just like a, a bad guy in a suit, right? And he's mm-hmm. a military guy. It's the government. It's like maybe a government thing at one point, all of this different stuff. And I, that's true. Like I did get that, but like Alexander Pierce is just kind of like, okay, I'm like, actually, I'm actually Hydra and yeah. I'm, you know what I think? Like, I'm just a wolf in sheep's clothing, whereas there was no hide. Like, there was no hiding who Ray Rinstone was. You saw him and you're like, this is, Drakeoff is gross. Yes. that And and it really strongly worked for me. His confrontation with Natasha, you know, like his monologuing, was, like that worked really well. I loved that Natasha, like, she breaks her own nose because he can't do it. So, like... She needs him to, like, have the power, quote-unquote, to, like, over her so she can have the power over him. But he's so weak that he can't even do that himself. Like, there's a lot of really cool, layered stuff um, happening by the end of the film. It's, yeah. He is really one of the best villains that they've ever had. He is... He, uh, you've said so much that it's... it's it's I, I want to plus one everything you said because it is so, so... Um, very much of its time and and very much for the moment, but timeless at the same at, at the same time, right? Because mm-hmm. like this, the the subjugation of women that they are, they they did a really nice job of handling allegorically and metaphorically, um, uh, you know, using using the um, the widows as as a a figure of of women mm-hmm. like around the world. And it's never too overt, which I, no. you know what I mean? Like nobody ever turns to the camera and is like, it's just like this, yeah. just so you are aware, you it, know, it's like, n- yeah, the yeah. most, the most like on the nose thing is, 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 was how much he looked like Harvey Weinstein to me. Yeah. Um, but you know what? That was moment. okay. And though. that was okay like, too. Exactly. That was okay. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. If that's the most on the nose thing, then, then you're doing great. Um, it was, it was, it had the right amount of subtlety uh you know for a mass market uh blockbuster film and it it was really really well done and and um yeah i i i thought it was it was way more thought provoking um than i expected it to be again i had no i didn't know what to expect going in and it was so thought provoking and so um uh, sincere and uh uh yeah earnest like you said is is the right is the right way to to put it I was really, really happy with this movie. I, I, 
especially considering how you know I've been more excited for for Marvel films. I've been like you know more uh, had more anticipation for an Infinity War and Endgame, for example. Um, and and it it uh, it blew me away in terms of of expectations. And and interestingly, at the box office, it. Um, in its opening weekend, it did like 80 million in the U.S., which which post COVID is actually quite good, considering that like 20 percent of U.S. theaters still aren't aren't open, right? Um, and it did another like 80 million world uh, worldwide outside the U.S., and then it did like 60 million on Disney Plus worldwide, yep. um, which is so interesting, and I think will have real implications for the whole idea of you know do they keep doing windows where where before a movie is available outside of theaters and all that kind of stuff like um this is the most successful day and date release that we've seen yep. so far and it's it's um yeah i think it's really really interesting that we might be getting more of this well i mean the day and date release i mean it, like i think about like people like my sister who has two little kids at home who like loves going to see the the marvel films who loves watching and all this stuff and like she still would not have been able to see it right. if, like, if it was a normal world. Like, you got a, a three-year-old and a less than one-year-old. Like, it ain't happening. Right. Like, it's it's just too many too many balls in the air. But like, but you could put on a movie at nine o'clock at night, right? You know, and, and that, and for two and people, like, like for her and her husband, it's going to cost us pretty much as much as it would have at the theater, less without, without snacks and stuff. Right, but you know, whatever. I mean, like, not every you don't even have to get this. The snacks are going to cost you extra no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's not like they're wrapped up into the movie ticket price. Right. So, um. So in a weird way, you're saving money. Uh, yeah, that's um, what I'm saying it's less than like a night out in the theater. Yeah, but and you don't but, need a babysitter. But it's true, but also, but also, then you're you could still be part of the cultural conversation. Like, and that's what I think is the important part that people aren't uh, thinking about. Like, yeah, if you have, if you can go to the theater. Go to the theater. Sure. Support the people who work there. So, like, see sure. it on the big screen. It's a better viewing experience, like we said at the beginning. Like, nobody's interrupting you. Nobody's doing this. Oh, nobody's absolutely. doing that. But at the end, like now we're not leaving people out you know like yes. now like people who just couldn't get there couldn't make it yeah now they can how many of your friends i've heard this so time after time over the last several years you know as as especially as i uh, over the last let's say 10 years as, as my friends have been having kids right like it's it's been so many of my friends are like oh yeah i used to be the guy who saw movies but like i haven't i haven't seen a movie in eight years you know what right. i haven't seen a new movie mm-hmm. in so many years because i got kids and that was just sort of an accepted, yeah, like, how, how, how are we going to get to a theater? But if this paradigm shifts like this, then that'll be, you know, that that will, you're right. That will put those people can be part of the conversation again. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's talk about Taskmaster because that was a, it's been con- a little controversial online. I don't know if you've, I don't know if you've been following it at all. Taskmaster is apparently beloved. Who knew? Um, and so he's he's kind of like the Deathstroke mm-hmm. of of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, you know, he, the main character, something Masters, I think I can't remember his I can't remember his name. Um, you know, he mimics anybody that he can see. Yes. He was really big in the comics after New Fifty Two. He's he was in the PS Four Spider not New Fifty Two Civil War. Okay. Wow, yeah, I was like uh, same time, hold up. same. T- well, I don't know what was <laughs> happening there. Um, big in the comics. Um, big in the comics post Civil War. Um, you know, he was in the new Spider-Man game for PS4. Uh-huh. So he's kind of been in the cultural conversation amongst nerds for a bit. And so in this this twist to a lot of people have been it's kind of like the Mandarin in Iron Man 3 all over again, where it's like, what like what are you, what are you doing? What are you like what are you gotcha. doing? You you like can't, you know. But here's the thing. I don't think anybody cares about 
Masters so and so. They care about Taskmaster, right? That persona, and I think that's kind of where Marvel maybe was trying to go for. So, mm-hmm. what did you think about what did you think about the twist before I, I talk about it myself? I knew nothing about the character, so I, I came in completely fresh on on that to the point where to the point where I was at the at the beginning of the movie, I was trying to figure out okay, who's behind the mask, right? And I'm like. Is that is that going to be David Harbor? Like I really knew nothing. Like I, I, I absolutely knew nothing. Um, and and when it was clear that it wasn't going to be him, um, at that point I was like the the only person I could think of was um, was the daughter um, because that was the only again like you know you you watch enough of these movies you start to know like what how sure. things are going to come back around something that's mentioned in act one is going to pay off in act three no body no like yeah. they're not dead exactly right. and then here we go yeah. exactly yeah yeah um so i i didn't really have you know I, I don't have very strong thoughts on it because i i'm i don't have an attachment to the character already well that's why I don't i so even just as a storytelling device do you think that was like oh it's his daughter it's like yeah it worked it worked in a way to show how completely heartless he is mm-hmm. um how it, it just absolutely nothing like he is he is void of human compassion. Um, it 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 worked in that sense, but you know she wasn't a character. Like she she wasn't a villain. She was a, basically a robot. Correct. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And so I do like the character of Taskmaster. I really like the idea of Taskmaster better. Like the like the, the costume's cool. The mimicry, which I thought was kind of there in this movie there's like a couple of like oh they jump up at the same time oh he's got back black panther claws and this but i didn't really feel like he was for she was fighting like other people in the mcu and i thought the 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 kind of letdown for me is that i didn't see the taskmaster do the mimicry thing to like the extent that like would have been really cool to, yeah, to see it was not really clear to be honest. No, it, it wasn't. No, it wasn't very clear. And I thought that. So here's this movie where Natasha loses the Avengers, right? She's lost the Avengers. And now you have this chance for her to have to fight the Avengers in some way, shape or form. Like she's got to like, you know, that she has to confront them, even though it's not them, because she's got to fight like, quote, like a, someone in the style. And there, it was almost a missed opportunity to see that happen because it would have been it would have like helped her character arc, you know, where she's like dealing with family and she's dealing with this thing and that thing and all this stuff and like, who do, who am I and what am I after and all this stuff, you know, and then here we are and, um, you know, and here we are and like, she has the ability to fight someone who fights like Captain America or Black Panther or Spider-Man or Bucky or Hawkeye. And like, Taskmaster does the things like they've got the shield and the claws and the right. this and like, but I didn't really feel like the choreography part was there in a lot of ways. Sometimes it was. Sometimes it was very evident. That's a Spider-Man move. That's a Captain America move. But not not to the extent that it was in my mind at all times. And I know that's what this character is supposed to do. Right. So so that that was a um, kind of missed. I liked the twist. I liked that it was daughter for the same reasons mm-hmm. that that you said. You know, there's um. You know, Drakeoff is just so depraved and awful that it's all this stuff. But because the Taskmaster part of it, the mimicry, felt unnecessary because yeah. they didn't really use it. So I was like, could have been some rando in a suit called Red Widow. It could have been anybody. Or, yeah. That's and you thing. just like, and yeah. So the outcry for me is not so much an outcry, but just so much of like a, 
like kind of a waste of a character. Kind of. It's, it's kind of a waste. Kind of a waste of a concept. Not even a character. That's the it's thing. Just a waste of a concept. It wasn't really the character. It's 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 a sort of now you know increasingly typical thing that we see in in comic book movies where maybe they take a name or a concept and and radically change the character but it's like yeah no this was taskmaster because because that's because that's the name but like they yeah. only use the name you know like Correct. they really only realistically only use the name and so and that has like, bothered me more when it's a character that i care deeply about but when it's a character that i don't really have any attachment to i'm just sort of like oh, oh okay oh so they didn't really do the mimicry thing all right i guess that's a choice uh, yeah, that was I mean, that's they, probably the weakest thing about the movie but again if that's the weakest thing then it's still a good movie you're doing great yeah yeah i agree with you and like technically the mimicry thing is there it's just not just as visually cued or over the top as maybe it should have that's it i think it needed more visual cues like like to show that it was a spider-man move like i feel like you needed to see you know tom holland do that same move and like natasha having a flashback or something you know to yeah otherwise it's it's most people most viewers i would say are not going to recognize the choreography and say, Oh, that's a Spider-Man move. Um, you know, if, if there was more of a, like when she did the, the, the head whipping thing that, that, uh, Yelena made fun of her for, and then we see the head whipping thing, uh, coming from taskmaster, you know, like, like in a, in a side by side kind of fashion that might get it across more, but yeah, they needed more of a visual, a visual language to express that. And they didn't, couldn't find it or decided it wasn't necessary. You know, it, 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 the, the thing I will say about that is that because because Taskmaster was a more understated um, villain, they don't run into the problem of having too many villains that that so many superhero Correct. movies have run into, right? They yeah. don't have the Spider-Man three problem. Correct. No, I'm that is very true. Um, where because it's just a bodyguard, it's basically Bane and Batman and Robin. Yes, like yes. you took the basic concept and there, and that was it. Yes, like, that's a good example. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's like it is Bane, but it's not really but barely. Bane. Yeah. Like it's barely, it's barely there. So, but that's okay. You know, you mm-hmm. can't can't have can't have everything. But um, no, solid four out of five. I thought the music in this film was great too. It was it was really beautifully shot. Um, and uh, I just um, I, I wish that there would be more. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. like that's kind of the that's kind of the downside. I mean, she's been in tons of I mean, she's been in tons of these other movies. Not like I've never seen Black Widow in a movie before, but I liked I liked the tone and the concept and yeah. I, I would like to see more. But um, who knows? And I also want to know who that Captain America was that Red Guardian fought in the 80s. Right. <laughs> that was lying. the whole thing in prison. <laughs> I don't lying. think he's lying. I don't think he's lying. No, because if there was a Captain America in the 50s, there's a super soldier in the 50s. Right. Because we we learned that in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Okay. So what's to say that there aren't more other little Captain Americas that the government has tried to get going through all those decades leading up to the dethawing of Steve Rogers? Mm, I don't buy it because I, I, I don't buy it because there was a super soldier experiment in the 50s, but he wasn't actually Captain America like out there in public, was he? I think no, they were but, experimenting, I mean, but, but that they never it's made true, him Captain America. Never, I, no, that's right, because they said, like, they'll never make a black man Captain America. Correct. That's kind of the thing. You're right. But I didn't say, like, the next one doesn't have to be black. Because but if he was fighting, if he was fighting a, 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 a communist, you know, Captain Captain Stranger mm-hmm. Things, um, then, yep. then he, Red Guardian. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Stranger Things, um, then um, Captain Hellboy. Then he, uh, <laughs> um, then he's public, and I, I don't, and like when they announced, 
um, the new Captain America in in uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, I really it seemed pretty clear that was the first Captain America since Steve Rogers. Yeah, they okay. were laying you know, to rest make- sort of the Steve Rogers shield and saying like farewell to a hero, and now we have a new one. So I don't yeah, think there okay. was a new Captain America, but maybe there were super soldiers in between who didn't as part of like an MK ultra sort of secret project, but mm-hmm. I don't think there was an actual captain America. I'll take that. I think that's fair. Um, let's wrap it up. Frank, where can the people find us? Russia. Okay. If people don't want to get, um, stuck somewhere, yeah. um, where can they find us? Oh, um, okay. Well, I mean, you can find us in Russia and really all over the world by going to beer with geeks.com, um, or, uh, on, on Apple podcasts or overcast, Spotify, Google, Amazon, all the podcast directories, you'll find beer with geeks. You'll find all the thought bubble audio shows and you can subscribe to those there and, and listen. You can, uh, find, you know, if you want to see what, what kind of shows we have to offer, head on over to thoughtbubbleaudio.com. And if you like what we do, you can support us uh, by uh, kicking us a dollar a month at patreon.com slash thoughtbubbleaudio. And that helps fund all of the shows. Uh, you can also email us if you have thoughts at beerwithgeeks at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at beerwithgeeks. Um, and uh, if you... If you're enjoying the show and you want to leave some feedback, uh, an Apple podcast review would be awesome. And we would love that. Um, really anywhere, a rating or review in any podcast directory you use. But, you know, Apple Podcasts is is definitely the biggest one and definitely the one that um, makes the biggest impact if you can uh, leave us some feedback there. So Nice. Nice. All right. Well, Frank, this was a blast. Uh, so until next time. Cheers. Cheers.